This week on Behind the Message, Jennifer's not here. Don't close the window just yet. I got a surprise for you. Laura Cavanis, come on down. I'm so glad that I actually sat in the chair and didn't miss the chair. Welcome back to Behind the Message. This is our Thanksgiving edition. So we're pretty excited about that. We just want to share a few things that we're thankful for. I'm thankful for Laura, who's filling in for Jennifer. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. Is this your second time on Behind the Message? I've never been on real Behind the Message. I've been on only the editions, extended edition and now turkey edition. Oh, so we don't let you on the, the actual Behind the Message. No, that's right. But this is your first, is this your first time as a host? I guess so. Oh, hey, you won the Bible trivia. Oh, that's true. I was on Bible trivia. Yeah, you've been on, and yeah, you won, right. right? I did. Yeah. You didn't just win; you dominated. Oh yeah, no, I killed everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah, who it played. Was, it was it was fierce. So uh, anyway, okay. So before we jump into some serious things, just personally, what are some things you're thankful for that might be a little bit more lighthearted? Oh man, actually, you know, I'll tell you this. So I get, we're going to visit my family for Thanksgiving, right? My mom breaks the bad news to me that with her side of the family, we're not having macaroni and cheese because we're having several other carby dishes. I was like, well, this is probably the worst thing that could happen. You didn't have mac and cheese. We didn't have mac and cheese on Friday. But what I'm thankful for is that on Thursday, my aunt brought some of the best mac and cheese that I've ever had. So the Lord provides. There's a restaurant called Crave. They have amazing mac and cheese. You gotta yeah, it look sounds it up. like a club. It's, 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 a, it's a restaurant, and they have mac and cheese. Anyway, also connected to this story, by the way, if, if you're watching and you're the owner of Crave, uh, I... You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, second thing, connected, we sat down Thanksgiving, our family. The whole table is like filled with food. Naturally. And Amy goes, wait, where's the mashed potatoes? I forgot to make mashed potatoes. And I'm like, what? How do you have Thanksgiving without mashed potatoes? So she forgot. I didn't say anything because there's so much food. Who cares? My mom, who is older than me, uh, said, Naturally. I've been alive my whole life. I don't think I've ever had I've Thanksgiving. I've been alive my whole life. That's true. That's it. Yes. Maybe she didn't say that. But basically her point was, who has Thanksgiving without mashed potatoes? Apparently we did. you do. We did. But we're still eating Thanksgiving leftovers, so I'm not missing it at this point. So, yeah, I'm, I guess thanks, yeah. thankful for macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes. These are good things. All right. right. One serious thing in your personal life you're thankful for? Uh, I am thankful for our church. I actually went back and I was reading through my journal of just things uh, through 2020. And so many, every, I have every message note from every week and gathering and even reading the notes from when we were virtual, when we only had the worship guide. Um, and then being able to come back and gather. And I was on the worship team this weekend, so I got to be a part of all four gatherings. To be with the family, even from six feet away and behind the mask, is just such a sweet gift that the Lord really revealed that I had been taking for granted. So another th cool thing, you've gone through seminary, you're studying the Word, you're in the Word, you're, you're really a student of the Scriptures. So clearly the Bible calls us to be thankful and to uh, live lives of thanksgiving and praise. So not just because the Bible says so, but kind of unpack what are some of the implications uh, to our lives when we live a life in thanksgiving. So how does being thankful 
it's to some extent help us, impact us. Yeah. Uh, why should we do it? Well, here's a quick one. So, I mean, you know this personally, I've struggled a lot, especially kind of recently, past years, just with anxiety. And one of one of the things that I, I used to hate, it made me so mad, is I would tell Paul, like, hey, pray for me today, just really anxious, don't, don't know why. And he would respond every time with, don't be anxious. And I'm like, thank you so much. Uh, and then one day was really convicted. That's what the scripture says. Um, and scripture contrasts anxiety with thanksgiving. And it says, don't be anxious, but in all things, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to the Lord. Um, and so that is a huge implication, even for me personally, the more that I am thankful, the less anxious I am, even though I wouldn't normally think about those two things going together. I think too, when we live in an attitude of thanksgiving, it points our attention to the Lord mm -hmm. and it, because, he is good. By definition, he right. is good. And everything he does for us is good mm -hmm. because he is the definition of good. And so what Thanksgiving does is it turns our attention away from ourselves yeah. and it really does put it back to him, which brings rest. It brings peace. Uh, it brings uh, just a security that is not going to be found when you start just trying to measure all these circumstances. But when you really live in an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, it turns your attention back to Him. And so that's why we have our Thanksgiving edition. We want to be able to celebrate those things and turn our attention back to Him. So we're going to jump in. Uh, what's next is we got some videos. We got some testimonies from our people. And we're just going to kind of walk through some of those. Should be pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited. I know, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right, so one of the things we're really thankful for as a church is just the incredible gift that the word is to us. Yeah. So it's a, a, a place of absolute truth. Uh, Mike talked about Sunday in the elder conversation, how it just kept us on track mm -hmm. through 2020. Well, I want to interrupt you. So when I was going back through my journal, the first, the last gathering that we had, the last one that was like kind of normal, um, our big truth was we walk by faith and not by sight. And so into a season that we have literally no idea what it's about to look like, yeah that's what we're teaching our people. Not because we thought, ah, oh, this will be a good big truth, but because we're in Joshua. We're yeah. walking through the Bible. And, and okay, so uh, complete transparency for those of you watch. As a, as a teaching pastor, the year that we do the survey, so like read through the whole Bible together as a church, it's my least favorite year as a teaching pastor because you're taking these huge blocks yeah. and you're walking through a narrative and it's so descriptive and you really want to teach more, uh, more deeply each one of those passages as you walk through it, and you just can't do that. So you say, well, why do we do that then? It is designed to help our people read through the Bible and to get our people to a place of independent Bible study that just is so crucial for you and for me. And so by us doing that, it helps facilitate that. And so this year, 28% of the people we surveyed were reading through the scriptures for the first time. That's incredible. That's incredible, isn't it? And so then you're like, yes! It's like you, you just feel like I'm winning. This is good. This is what it's supposed to be. Uh, and so we love that. And so we've we've interviewed a couple people, and we want you to hear their stories. So first, you're going to hear from Cody, new member of our church, and reading through the Old Testament with us uh, back in the first part of the year, really through the summer. So, Cody? Um, at the beginning of this year, my husband and I first started coming to Tri-Cities. Wait, 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 hold up. 
Hey, did you, hold on a second, Cody. Did you hear that? Did you hear it? It's incredible. So she came, her and her husband came into our church in the middle of the pandemic with everything going on. We have four new families in our life group uh, who have come into our church in the middle of this pandemic. Cody uh, and Mitchell are one of them. Uh, in 2020, to this point, there have been 53 new members at our church. That's crazy. That's nuts. And incredible. I know, it's, it's insane. All right, all right, back to, back to you. Prior to the beginning of this year, I had just finished reading the New Testament for the first time. Um, so we came at the beginning of this year just in time for reading the Bible together as a church. Um, and there's two things that I remember the most um, after we got through the Old Testament, and that was reading the genealogy of Matthew for the first time, um, the genealogy of Christ. And the first time I read that, after we had just finished the Old Testament, and really understanding who those people were that was listed in Scripture. And the other thing that I hope I never forget was the first time I actually seen Scripture as a complete story. Um, when we had just finished the Old Testament and we got into the Gospels, um, I had realized that I had only had one part of the story. I never had the whole complete part. Um, I'm just thankful for Tri-Cities um, this year and how much they encouraged me to read scripture um, for myself and the teaching that I got on Sundays. Um, but I'm more thankful for God's grace and um, his word and the knowledge that he's given me through his word. All right. So she said something I want to make sure you catch because it's really cool. And it's, and it's pertinent to this week in our church. Cody's in our life group and we're talking about uh, what's God teaching you. Mm -hmm. And she was reading in Matthew, the very same verses we read Sunday with all those names and all those yeah. genealogies. And she just had this incredible moment where it was like, I know who these people are. I know. <laughs> she understood how they fit yeah. into the, the, the chronolog uh, chronological order of scripture. She understood how they fit in the timeline of Jesus and how they all pointed to him. Mm -hmm. And it was just like eye-opening. It wasn't like these just random people. Right. They were part of the story. It was so cool. You remember when you like the scriptures started coming together? Oh, yeah. You like that? Oh, yeah. And it reminds you, it not only is it one story, but these are real people. Yeah. And so you're not just reading names on a roster. You're re like you're being your mind is being recalled to their stories and how they lived and how the Lord worked in their lives, which yeah. I think is so cool. So many people impacted this year reading through the scriptures. Ben is another one. Uh, let's hear from Ben. Hi church, I'm Ben Stapleton, and this year was my first year reading through the Bible in its entirety. When reading the entire Bible from start to finish, the one thing that stuck out to me the most was just the consistency of Jesus' presence throughout Scripture. So whether you were in the Old Testament or whether you were in the New Testament, you could always see how either something was being set up to be talking about the coming of Jesus, or something was about Jesus or about what Jesus had done. And I think that just really ensured to me that this book is inspired and this book is something that has a lasting impact because no human could have made that level of consistency. Also, reading through the Bible along with my life group and knowing that other people were in the same books that I was, reading through the same passages that I was, and sharing that experience with me really helped me to feel a sense of community that in this year, as crazy as it's been, uh, has been lacking in other places. So if you haven't had a chance to read through the Bible in a year, I do recommend you do that. And if you can find a life group or friends to do that with, I definitely recommend that as well. 
So that was an awesome story from Ben. One of the things he said that I want to make sure that we get is he talks about the consistency of scripture, the whole thing. And so as he's reading it from start to finish, these things are coming together and the Holy Spirit plays an active role in doing that for us. And so he's reading it. It's not bringing up more questions or more holes, but it is, it's coming together as a cohesive work, cohesive, the word of God. Yeah, the illustration I've always used of that when you teach is like, take the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy, like the whole movies. I'm dating myself, but like you take the whole movies and just randomly watch five seconds from somewhere in the middle of like those nine hours worth of movies. It's not going to make a lot of sense. But the more you understand the full storyline, it makes so much more sense. That's the way scripture is. You want to understand the New Testament, you study the Old Testament. And those things begin to come together. Another thing he pointed out that I think is really just helpful to remember, he talked about the benefit of doing the reading together with the church. Christian community and fellowship isn't just hanging out. It really is pursuing the edification of the body. And so we learn together, we grow together. Uh, And so when we study some of the same things and we overlap and we share in that, there's accountability, there's new ideas, all that kind of stuff begins to happen. We get to share in some of the wins that other people have in different ways. So even in your life group, you're praying that people would come to know Jesus. Maybe the person that you're praying for, that you're trying to share with doesn't, and you just feel defeated, but you get to share in the win when the other person does. Community is an incredible thing. So speaking of community, we have life groups at Trust Cities Baptist Church. You're in a life group? Yes, we do. I am. You like it? It's like, I am in a life group. I am. We love our life group. So I've asked the keys to talk a little bit about their life group. And so uh, Sam, Anthony, uh, tell us a little bit what's going on. Hey, guys. Um, Anthony, this is Sam. And we started a life group about two months ago. It's actually our third life group we've been able to be a part of through multiplication. And I really can't stress the importance of life groups enough. Hold on. Get in a life group. <laughs> she, that's a little exaggerated. <laughs> not, we're not going to break your arm. Do it. Calm <laughs> down. Oh, <no>. Please. <laughs> no, really. Get it would in be a good group. For you. If you're watching and you're not in a life group, they're, they're essential for fellowship at Trust Cities Baptist Church. They're crucial. So you can learn more about them on our website. Uh, you can get a hold of Wes or really any of our leaders, and they'll help you plug in and connect. But those life groups are really important because they help us press out the implications of God's word in our life. It's a place where we talk about what God's doing in us and through us. It's a place where we challenge one another, encourage one another. It's the first place of service and help in our church. So get in a life group. Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks out his own desires. Um, And I think that for us is a large part of why life groups are important um, just to keep us on track Uh, we talk about personality types a lot because anthony and i are very different i'm an extreme extrovert and so i need people he's an extreme introvert and so he does well without people but personality types aside we still both need community in our lives and we still need it regularly Um, And so that's why biblical community is important, especially in these times. All right, so Sam's talking about community. Let's just pause real quick and and, and chase that for a second. She acknowledges, even in this season, how important it is Mm -hmm. and how even your personality types aren't excuses in that. That's huge Mm -hmm. because there's so many reasons why we want to run from community. 
So I'll share mine, you share yours. Moments of transparency. Okay, okay. So here's mine. I, I'm a little like Anthony. I, I've learned to pursue people because I have to, but I inside want to be a hermit. And if there was ever an excuse to be a hermit, this is it. Like I can just have my excuse. I can lean into my cancer background. I can say I'm high risk, which I am. And I can just go, oh, hermit land. And I would love it. I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And so you fight through it because it's worth it. Yeah. And it's one of those things, as you're in community, you're always glad you were there. Mm -hmm. Leading up to it, it's like, I never want to go. I don't want to do that. I don't. Yeah. But when you're there, I love it. What about you? Well, I think for me, one of the because I'm the same way. I'm not just a little bit like Anthony. I am a lot like Anthony. Like, I will do whatever I can to just be alone. That's what I prefer. But it's not even the individual, like, meetings of life group that I think has been so important. It's the whole. Like, it is that we have spent eight months together consistently meeting and pursuing that that time together, even when it might be on Zoom this week or whatever the inconvenience is. It's the consistency of that. It's them remembering, hey, Laura, in March, we were praying for this. How's that going? Like, oh, you just said, do you remember when that was a real struggle for you and now that's a celebration in your life? It's, it's the whole. It's not even just the individual, ah, that was a really good conversation. Because sometimes, and honestly, a lot of time, it's a hard conversation and it's not something I leave just thrilled to have done, but the holistic pursuit of it has been crazy beneficial in my life. Life groups, because they're built around community, um, they're not the most exciting things in any one moment. Mm -hmm. uh, new people who come to our group will say, listen, our life group is not like like Disney World or Cedar Point. You don't just go and it's like, that was the best hour of my life. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Instead, with consistency, you develop those relationships and that fellowship over time that it becomes like family. Mm -hmm. And the benefit is that holistic discipleship and that holistic fellowship. So that's huge. Hear that in, in Sam's testimony. Uh, let's go back to them. Uh, they got a little bit more I want you to hear. Everyone who came into the group kind of just had us in common. I'm sure there are people that we knew at the church. Um, there's one family that we didn't know, but most of them, um, we were the kind of kind of the common denominator. Um, but it was really awesome to see uh, the first night, even people figuring out. Like we have four nurses in our group, um, so it was cool to see them kind of looking around. Like, wait a second, you're a nurse. I'm a nurse too. And then you know, someone else chiming in. Um, there's several guys in our group that like to play video games, and they connected that way. Uh, so it's been really cool to be able to see, even though we came in, you know, really just everybody knew us. Even from the first night, um, it really just felt like a, a family and a group. All right, so our life group's incredible opportunity for fellowship. This year, in the middle of COVID, we've launched six new life groups. And so we're always trying to facilitate that kind of discipleship and fellowship among our people. So get in a life group. They're life-changing, uh, great fellowship. Uh, I want to pivot and I want to talk about advancing the gospel in this climate. So we've talked about how difficult this is for community. Yeah. It's also been difficult for some gospel conversations. Right. While the environment disrupts our routines and makes people more open to gospel conversations, literally having those gospel conversations is restricted because you can't be around people as much. Right. And so that's been difficult and it's been hard, but we are continuing to find ways mm -hmm to advance the gospel both locally and around 
the world. And so some of those things are happening just in our families. We've baptized almost a dozen of just our families, who, or our families, our kids and our families who, through the family discipleship plan and those things, have just come to know Jesus this year. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, and we're still advancing the gospel out through various different uh, opportunities. And so the Thompsons got a testimony they want to share about one of those. So uh, check it out. Hey everyone, Luke and Aspen Thompson from Tri-Cities Baptist Church here, and we just wanted to take a quick second to share with you what God is doing in the life of one of our friends. Last month, when we were helping our church with food distribution, we had a lady help us for the first time. We were getting to know her while we were passing out boxes uh, to the homes, um, and as we were talking with her, we found out that she was agnostic. So as we were distributing the food uh, to the different apartments, um, God just really pressed on Aspen's heart to ask her about her conversion, about her salvation. And the interesting thing is she talked about how she regularly attended a church in Johnson City, um, but nobody's ever questioned her belief or asked her if she knows Jesus. Um, so thankfully, Aspen was prompted by the Holy Spirit to have that conversation. Um, and through that, we were able to present the gospel to her. We were also able to pray with her before we left that day. Though there was no decision made, um, we really believed that God was going to do something in her life and really prayed and hoped uh, that would be the case for her. About a month went by, and during this time we prayed uh, pretty heavily for our friend. Recently she texted me, and she shared that after thinking about what Luke had shared with her and him sharing the gospel with her, and some of the other in-depth conversations that they had, she was able to kind of think more about her faith. She also, during that month time, was able to talk to a few other people as well. Um, and she told us the exciting news that she is now a believer in Christ. We hope that our story encourages you to be bold in your proclamation of the gospel and making Jesus known to your neighbors and to the nations. All right, so we've got the Thompsons, Luke and Aspen, and a great testimony of pursuing gospel conversation. So a couple of things just to highlight, make sure you don't miss from that. Number one, they found a way to do it. So we've mentioned that has been just hard in this season, and there are a lot of barriers and, and excuses that we could say of, I'm not even supposed to be around people. How can I have the gospel conversations? They used service and food as a way to do that. And then second thing is they had the gospel conversation. That's and they even mentioned in it, like the woman had grown up in church or had been regularly attending a church and no one had said, you know, have you, do you have a relationship with Jesus? No one had had that conversation, and through just the leading of the Holy Spirit, they did. They had the conversation that isn't easy or comfortable or natural, but they did it. And then it didn't stop there, right? So they had a month of just continual prayer, um, asking the Lord to work in this woman's life, and then he did, and they get to celebrate that incredible. coming out. There's so many things about that that are great. Oh, yeah. Using uh, just... Uh, a physical need, food, as a way to get to the gospel conversations. Actually having the gospel conversation in a way that is culturally appropriate. Just realize in our setting, locally, people are familiar with church, with yeah. religion, with Jesus, and a version of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to teach and unpack what those things mean. Uh, you see Jesus do that again and again in the New Testament. It's why he asks those hard questions, and it's why so many people walk away from him, because he's confronting 
uh, the differences between Jesus as the Son of God right. versus their religious structure. They begin to do that. You yeah. see that play out. And then the persistence to stay with it, to continue in prayer. Even in our life group, we got to celebrate that this year. Uh, one of uh, our guys, one of his three names that we've been praying for as a group for two years yeah. came to know Jesus this year. That's awesome. and it's just an incredible thing. Yeah. And so uh, for us, always a blessing. Uh, to be able to be part of gospel proclamation, and it may be harder to do right now, yeah. but we got to find a way forward. Uh, talk to us a little bit about just our students in this. I mean, you're here. It's a great blessing for us to kind of have you behind the message and talk a little bit about this. This impacts them too. Yeah. So how's this impacting them? How can we pray for them? How do we come alongside them? In a minute, we get to hear from Courtney and uh, celebrate with her and her baptism and, and conversion and all that yeah. good stuff. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about it. What, what yeah. thoughts? I mean, overall, I think it's been hard. I think it's been hard for everybody, and, and that really is a group um, that I think sometimes we forget just the impact that everything has had on them. Like, I mean, even you mentioned it just a little bit ago. They've, since so early in life, their life has been built around structure and routines of being in school and doing this and having all of these activities, and all of a sudden, that goes completely away. And they're, they're still developing even in maturity to the point where they're sitting there just almost reeling of what am I supposed to do right now? Um, and we've seen a lot of impact even on just mental health and struggling with uh, depression, anxiety, not even, just not knowing what to do, not knowing how to fight those things. Um, and so we see a testimony from Courtney as one of our college students of how the gospel changes everything. Um, it speaks directly into all of those struggles. It gives us a firm foundation to stand on. So we're going to hear from Courtney, her story of salvation and then baptism. Courtney? Hello, church family. Courtney here. And since we just celebrated Thanksgiving, we're going to talk a little bit about some things we can be thankful for as a church family. So today I'm here with my friend Abby, and we're going to talk about believers' baptism and why we can be thankful for that as a church family. Yeah, it's really cool because I got to baptize you in October, and now we get to come together again and talk about why we can be thankful for uh, baptism and why the whole church body can be thankful for it too. Yes, so I'm going to start off with a little bit of my personal testimony of how I placed faith in Jesus and followed up with Believer's Baptism. So I grew up here at Tri-Cities, and I got baptized when I was either six or seven, and I really only did it because other kids were doing it, and I thought at the time that baptism saved me. So I grew up all through elementary, middle school, high school thinking I was a Jesus follower, but in reality, I never actually put faith in Jesus. And... About the end of my junior year of high school, I started to struggle with an eating disorder and my identity was in the total opposite of place of Jesus. And so went through that thinking I was still a Jesus follower until about last fall when I had just started college, I started having some doubts if I had really was a Jesus follower, if I'd really ever been one. But I was so stuck in that sin and I just really honestly didn't care at that point if I was or not. And so just going in and coming into 2020, I was just so defeated by this sin and I just really didn't know what I believed and or wanted to believe. And so that's really my mindset of going into quarantine when everything shut down. And at the time I was reading Romans six through eight, a mentor had pointed me to that. I'd been reading it for months and months, but really just reading it because people were saying for me to read it. And once everything shut down, I 
started to really dig into Romans 6 through 8 and was praying like, God, like, show me something, anything, like, show me if you're real, something. And just through friends and mentors and phone calls, Zoom calls, and through Romans 6 through 8, the Holy Spirit showed me that I'd never been a Jesus follower and he broke me for my sin and just showed me my need for a Savior. And so I placed faith in, saving faith in Jesus and ever since then I've seen freedom and just joy in Jesus that I have never had before. So in October I decided to follow up in Believer's Baptism because I'd never been baptized as a Jesus follower and yeah. That's really sweet. That's really good. Um, I wanted to see it from your point of view and then to see it from like my point of view and I get to watch that that whole um, testimony kind of play out. Um, and I know you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but struggling with the eating disorder was really hard. It was difficult. I know I didn't struggle with it, but I could see it from the outside. Um, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, like how we can even be thankful that the Lord allows us to struggle and to fight through different sins um, and temptations and things like that. Um, so how are you thankful that the Lord allowed you to struggle and fight with this eating disorder? Um, yeah, so we were talking about this earlier, actually, and now I can say, like, I am very thankful for that. When I was going through that and in the deepest parts, if you would have told me one day I'd be thankful, I would have thought you were crazy. But now I was reading in the Psalms this week and just being reminded, like, God is my refuge and he rescued me out of that and he is the only one that can. And I'm just so thankful that he pulled me out of that and just how good he is and just that I can glorify him through that and I can one day hopefully help someone else who's going through that and point them to Jesus who's the ultimate source of life so that's awesome um, and what's really comforting now as a believer is that whenever you do have struggles and temptations like you can lean back on the church family you don't have to struggle alone um, so how are you how did you see the church body play a role in pointing you to Jesus? So the church body played a huge role in pointing me to Jesus. Um, just through friends, my life group, and mentors and leaders just constantly showing me truth, pointing me back to scripture, even when I would reject them, push them away, just roll my eyes at them, anything. They just never stopped, and I am so thankful for that, and that they never stopped pointing me to scripture and showing me Jesus, and that... I needed Jesus, and so I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then the last question, just how are you thankful that you got to celebrate um, Believer's Baptism with your church body? Yeah, so like I said, the church body has played a huge role in pointing me to Jesus. So it was just really special to me to celebrate my new life with Christ with the church family and show them what God has been doing in my life. And I also think it's so special to celebrate with other people and just watch a testimony of how their life went from death to life. Man, that's an incredible story. Uh, so uh, two things. One, just want you to be aware of in prayer. Realize life can be hard on our students. Sometimes we as adults look back and remember our middle schoolers or high schoolers and we still think of them as like five or six. Uh, but man, they grow really quick and their problems and their struggles and their temptations get harder and more difficult. And rather than us just checking out because it seems complicated and frankly, sometimes we feel insecure, we need to lean in. 
We need to walk with them. We need to pursue them. It may feel awkward at times, but they need fellowship and they need discipleship. That's a great example of that and how this year's kind of worked together. Second thing, man, it's been really great to celebrate with some of our families in baptism. And so I want you to watch this and just be reminded. And as you see these guys, uh, just quickly just throw up some prayers for them, for their family, that their continued growth and their sanctification. But a really neat blessing in the midst of COVID to see these baptisms in our church family this year. What's your profession of faith? Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Because of that profession of faith, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's about it for our Thanksgiving episode. Thank you for coming, co-hosting. My pleasure. Filling in for Jennifer. My pleasure. It was awesome. My Chick-fil-A coming out. It was awesome. So you're going to be on the video in just a second. So uh, we're going to close out by listening to some of our staff and some of our leaders just take a few moments and share what they're thankful for. And so as uh, as we kind of wind this celebration down, be thankful. God is at work in great ways in your life and in the life of our church, and not even a global pandemic can stop that. We love you guys. Hey, church family, there are so many things that I'm thankful for, but one of them is just to all of you who, during this crazy year, have just leaned in in your pursuit of Jesus, loving God, loving others, even in the middle of a year that's been so uncertain and crazy. So many of you have just sacrificially given of your time, your money, your energy to pursue God more, to share the gospel, to love people well during this time when it's easy to to run to other things. And so I, I just want to say thank you to those of you who really have tried to, in this crazy year, put God first, to love Him most. And I'm so excited as we look ahead to New Year to see what God's going to do in the life of you and our church family as we pursue Jesus together. Hello, Tri-Cities. I'm Larry Nelson. And I'm Suzanne. And we're so thankful for you, our church family, and for our life groups in our community. We're just thankful that God created us so that we could have community together and He gifted us with you, with our church family and our life groups. Hey church family, this year I am incredibly thankful for the Word of God and I'm thankful for the course we set out on together as a church family in the beginning of 2020 to read through the entire Bible together, to preach it, to teach it, to talk about it in our life groups. And I'm especially thankful for the seven people that have already said they read through the entire Bible for the very first time this year. I'm sure there are many, many more of you that pursued study and reading God's Word that way this year. We'd love to hear more of that but thank you for investing in the Word of God this year. Hey, church family, it's Pastor Austin here, and I just want to say as your kids' pastor that I am so thankful for you as a church this year, how you have uh, pursued family discipleship in a time that maybe was a little difficult. And one major thing that stands out to my mind this year is how we flipped 
VBS 2020 and how we went virtual with our VBS. And that is really because you guys said Jesus is worth it and that we want to pursue this opportunity of family discipleship using the tool of Vacation Bible School. So I think that is something we will never forget. Hopefully we never have to do again, but I just want to say thank you to you for allowing us to be a part of something together through Virtual VBS 2020. God bless you guys. Well, hey, church family, this is Pastor Jane, and I just wanted to tell you how truly grateful I am, how thankful I am to be a part of the family of Tri-Cities Baptist Church. You are an incredibly generous people, and that is shown in so many different ways. Thank you for being so faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, church family, I just want to take a minute to tell you about some things that I am thankful for. Uh, many of you may not know, but we have a wonderful ministry team that we've put together in this season that have been really helping uh, me and just really leading our church well through this time in worship. Uh, so we have four people who have been um, just really sacrificing their time. Um, many of our musicians and singers have been taking their time uh, to lead us in four services. Um, each week, and I'm just so thankful for them, thankful for uh, the resources that our church has to be able to do that. And I'm just thankful, most of all, for their pursuit of Jesus, uh, the conversations that we're able to have uh, in the back and before and after uh, services with each other, and just thankful for what God is doing in each of their lives and really what he's doing in the life of our church um, through our gatherings on Sunday. Hey, church family. Man, this year has been a strange year, but there's so many things I'm thankful for today. I, in fact, I, reflecting back, I think I'm most thankful for that first time that we gathered again after the gathering had been disbanded. And, and just the joy it was to worship with my fellow brothers and sisters. And, and today we still get to do that as a church family, and I pray that we continue to do that. So uh, God bless, and, and may God bless us in the year of 2021. Thanks. Hey church family, this is Stephanie with Preschool. I just want to tell you how thankful I am for all of our preschool families and for you as our church family. I have seen you over the last year just come alongside our preschool families in so many ways. You have prayed for them. You have served in the preschool hall and taught their children. I have heard stories of how you have loved on them in life group and brought meals after babies were born or during difficult times. It is with those relationships that our preschool families are able to continue to grow in their relationship with God and to teach their children that their joy is from Jesus. So thank you so much. In 2020, I am thankful to be able to gather with our church family for our student ministry leaders who have continued to pursue and serve students so faithfully, even when it's such a struggle, and for mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving Day. What am I thankful for at the end of 2020? What a year. A uh, couple things. Really grateful in a crazy year that God faithfully uh, planned and then led us through His Word in Bible 2020. It was so meaningful for me personally and I think really meaningful for our church family. So really, really grateful for that. Secondly, uh, 2020 is... Uh, the year that Jennifer and I celebrated 25 years of marriage. So greatly appreciate uh, my incredible wife and 25 years of marriage. Hello, my name is Dustin and I am very thankful that we were able to read through the Bible 
together as a church family in 2020. What a crazy year it's been. But we've had the word of the Lord, and it says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. And it's been amazing. I'm also, I love working on these behind the message videos. I hope you've enjoyed them. I love editing them, and I really like working on them at home. <laughs> and we like having him here. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> That's going to be something. <laughs>